Welcome to 52 Weeks in the Word. I'm your host, Trillia Newell, and I am so excited to have Hunter Belis on the show. Hunter is the founder and executive director of the Journey Women podcast. She believes God has called her to seek after those whom he has awakened to guide them um, back to their heavenly father. She exercises these gifts that God has given her through her role as wife, mama, and podcast host. Okay, so we are so excited to get into some minor prophets here. And it's interesting because when I asked what might interest you and and to to talk through, you mentioned Habakkuk. And I wonder, it, it just kind of stuck out to me because not a lot of people have really studied that scripture. I know one person who wrote a um, dissertation on it, but most people aren't really diving into the whole book. So here's my question. What can we learn about this book and how would you suggest that we apply the, this prophetic book to our lives? Yeah, totally. Well, I have to confess that I wasn't that interested in Habakkuk either until I saw someone really cling to the last few verses, which are probably what you're referencing when you're talking about a highlight reel, Trillia. Habakkuk 3, 17 through 19, many of us have heard quoted. And I saw my grandmother actually quote these verses that I'll share with you guys after she spontaneously lost my grandfather, her husband, in a car accident. And she quoted it in the Amplified Version, which if you're familiar with different translations of the Bible, it's about 50 words longer than any other translation. And it took probably a few minutes. Um, and she said, though the fig tree should not blossom nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail and the fields yield no fruit, the flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deers. He makes me tread on high places. And um, she did it with a wonderful Southern accent too. So I have a video of it on Instagram. If anyone's interested in seeing it, I'll never forget watching her quote that spontaneously. And the reason it was so impressive to me is because she actually didn't even remember at that time in her life to take her medication in the morning that kept her heart pumping. She couldn't remember hardly anything at all. And my grandfather had care, been her caregiver for many years before he passed. But after she finished quoting, she told me that she had actually uh, she had memorized that passage after her son's death, which took place on the exact same day that her husband had just died, December 7th, but 31 years prior to my grandfather passing away. So she couldn't remember to take her own heart medication, but my grandan, that's what we call her. She didn't want to be called grandma. She was a grand and not a grandmother. <laughs> uh, she could remember the very words of God in her time of need because she had spent 31 years meditating on his promises. And so it was then th this, this particular passage was so impactful for me because I became convinced of my need to commit scripture to memory so that I could draw on the truths of scripture in my own times of trouble, um, particularly when it was hard to remember anything else. So 
what was the struggle that Habakkuk had going on? That's the question, right? Like what led to this resolve? And um, I think that's the interesting thing. Habakkuk, if you're wondering, is only three chapters. So if you're feeling intimidated by the fact that it's a prophetic book, it's actually one of the best ones to approach because you can kind of get your brain around it in one sitting, uh, which I find really encouraging, especially when you're looking at some of the major prophets. You're like, oh no, this is going to take me a year to, to understand. But to set the scene, the people of God were in a bit of a pickle. Sadly, they were not living for God. Um, If you start reading through the book, you'll see that their injustice is reigning. They had forgotten to keep his law on their hearts, and Habakkuk was crying out on their behalf. So this short book is only three chapters. It opens in prayer, but it ends in praise. And so I think that, like, in short, to answer your question, some points of application for us is we see Habakkuk moving from honestly crying out to the Lord in prayer. And so often that's not my first response, Trillia, whenever I am facing a crisis or especially when I'm seeing injustice. I might be angry about it. I might um, lament about it. I might talk to my friends about it. But talking, turning and talking to the Lord honestly about it is not my knee-jerk reaction. So I'm so grateful grateful for this little prophetic book so that I can just have um, this example of honestly crying out to the Lord as we wait on him, as we wait on his response. And then what you see in Habakkuk is in chapter two, you'll see him like waiting on the watchtower. We see him uh, waiting expectantly, expecting that the Lord is going to answer his cries. Um, Because a lot of times, if you're like me, you're crying out to the Lord and you're thinking, Lord, are you there? I don't even know if you hear me. I'm not even thinking that you're going to respond. And then we see that God has the last word and that he will make good on all of his promises, even if it's not uh, the way that we expect that he will answer. If you read Habakkuk and you look at the history of the nation of Israel, you will see Habakkuk was really surprised by the way that the Lord answered his plea for help. Um, But we can trust that God's word will uh, prevail and that his purpose will prevail, even if we don't understand the exact way in which we bring it about. So I love seeing Habakkuk move from Um, just this honest kind of guttural heartfelt prayer to this praise that we see um, and that I that I read at the beginning of of uh, the question that you asked though the fig tree shouldn't blossom though there be no fruit on the vines yet I will rejoice in the God of my salvation the Lord God is my strength I um gosh I love all of what you just said and to start with your your grandmother and how kind of the Lord to continue to um, bring to mind um, the scriptures. And it's just, yeah, it's just such a kindness of God. And I just want to pause and just say that. But, But thinking about what you also just said about Habakkuk and the waiting expectantly, do you think what it's an interesting thing because God doesn't answer our prayers all the time the way that we think and definitely sometimes not even the way that we want though i believe wholeheartedly the best um he answers it in the best way because he's sovereign and good and he knows but how do you wait expectantly oh you know i think chapter two that's such a great question trillia chapter two um talks about the glory of the lord chapter two verse 14 he says for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord's glory as the water covers the sea. So I think waiting expectantly looks like 
setting our hearts on the glory of the Lord. It's like we have to zoom out, right? Our friend Gloria Furman, she always talks about that, like going cosmic on something. Um, I, I find that I'm often crying out to the Lord in the smallest of issues, looking for the exact response that I desire. I have this picture in my head of of laying next to my son's bed, just pleading with the Lord, please, Lord, help this child sleep, please. <laughs> and I, I rarely receive the, res- the reaction that I'm hoping for in that moment, the answer that I'm hoping for. Um, but instead of that, remembering, okay, ultimately, what is God's ultimate purpose here? His purpose is that the earth is going to be filled with the knowledge of his glory. And so I think that when we have um, a response that we're not expecting, or that maybe like Habakkuk, you know, injustice was reigning and he yearned Um, to see that put to an end. And then what happened is the Lord raised up an even more unjust nation, the Chaldeans from Babylon to, um, you know, to, to, to overcome Israel. And that was not what he was expecting. He was expecting the Lord to, you know, extinguish injustice within the, um, the Southern kingdom of Israel. And so, um, I think that we have to remember that God may be doing something to bring about his glory and to uh, manifest his glory throughout all the earth that we just don't understand. And so I think that there's something really special about just trusting um, his word, even as we suffer, um, even when the when the responses aren't exactly as we'd hoped. Yes, absolutely. Well, to that end, I'd love for you to pray for the listener who is, maybe they are experiencing something hard. They're crying out to the Lord and, um, and maybe he's answered in a way that has been discouraging. So how pray for that person listening. Father, we come before you just humbly acknowledging that you are God and that we are not, that you are God and that there is none like you. Father, we pray that you would help us to continue wait to wait faithfully on you and on your answer, just as Habakkuk did. Father, we pray that you would help us to live by faith, that you will do what is right because you are right and good, and that you will enable us to wait well. Uh, God, would you help us to set our hearts on your glory and to set our hearts on the cross where we gained the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. We pray these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Hunter. Thank you.